What up, everybody? Welcome into the Makeshift Managers Podcast. As always, your boy, Austin. Your boy, Devin. Hello. Got shit in my uh, palm rest that I'm trying to maneuver off of my mouse pad that likes to collect crumbs. <laughs> it's the hard knock life, as they say. It's just a mid-podcast snack, dude. It's fine. Mid-podcast snack. Correct. Correct. So, unfortunately, we were on the back end of this because it happened the very next morning after last Monday's episode. But Bree, for the second time, has joined the two-time retire club with Rob Gronkowski. Is it real this time? For all of Tampa Bay, we feel for you because... um, you don't even have Jameis Winston to fall back on, if I'm correct. The only quarterback left on roster is Kyle Trask. And uh, you'd have to take me to task to give you any five qualities that I think are redeeming in him as a starting quarterback. Sorry to cut you off, Austin. Just for joke's sake, I felt like I had to get that out there. I mean, yeah, they're they're in a spot where Kyle Trask, like you said, is the only quarterback on the roster. So now it's kind of in a weird spot where – you kind of have to look at this offense as a whole in a fantasy perspective, too. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they're going to fall down the rankings a little bit if they don't get a decent quarterback. But, like, who yeah. can realistically Tampa go after? Are they signing Jimmy? Jimmy's in, Jimmy is in the realm of possibilities. I don't know if Jay, I don't know what Jameis Winston's contract situation is. He's I on the one he's year. He's going into year two. With the same, I think he signed a two-year deal. Two-year, twenty-eight million dollar deal. So he's off the market. They could trade for a Derek Carr if they wanted to. I don't think that's what they would like to do. Over in, um, actually, Vegas has a package that's not going to involve Derek Carr if they're going to be really aggressive with Aaron Rodgers. So who knows? I genuinely can't tell you where Tampa Bay is going to find their next quarterback. Um, if it gets really dire, they could go after an Andy Dalton. I just don't fully know what to expect out of Tampa because they have assets to try and win right now in their division. But in the same vein, their division can't really get worse. Like everybody was that bad this year. And I think there are other teams that are probably trending in a more positive direction. If they can find a direction like Carolina is pretty young on defense and they're actually pretty damn good. If they could find their quarterback, they have some weapons on the offense. DJ Moore being the first on that list since CMC got traded out. Atlanta could be dangerous. They find dangerous. They find their quarterback. Atlanta has pieces. Um, Tampa's older. Their line is decimated. Tristan Wirfs is coming off a catastrophic injury. Godwin's getting older. Evans is getting older. Fournette can't run anymore, and the offensive line can't block. So unless they can get like a all-pro caliber guy, I don't think this offense will be remotely close to what it's been with Brady. I think this is just a net negative for everybody included. Yeah, the problem is you look at how bad the team was. It wasn't really because of Brady. Like, Brady, 45 years old, I get it. He led the league in pass attempts. Exactly. He didn't have that terrible of a year. I mean, the, the problem is that he led football in pass attempts because they literally just could not run the ball. They were literally god-awful. But he threw for four, almost 4,700 yards. 25 mm. TDs, 9 picks, probably 9 picks is probably close to some of the most in his career. Uh, let's see. I'm kind of curious now. 
Okay, never mind. He's been in double digits a lot, but nine nine about middle of the road, I guess, for Brady. But he didn't turn the ball over at an insane rate. And yeah, he, I think he threw for like five thousand the year before. So the the problem was is that he had less less protection. He had no run game and he seemed to be off the mark with his guys at times. And that kind of showed a little bit, even though he did mm-hmm. have good playmakers in terms of Evans, Godwin, Julio Jones, you know, you could throw in there because yes, he's Julio Jones in a sense, but at the same time, Julio is a shell of himself. And even Kate Otten did not look that bad. When yeah. he was giving him the ball. Like, I get you would love to have Rob Gronkowski in that spot. But, like, Kate but Otten. you didn't. But you didn't, exactly. <laughs> like, it, it, it would be great if just randomly I had $500,000 inserted into one of my bank accounts. But, sadly, that's not happening. So, <laughs> we, can only, we can only discount the offense for so much because reality is what we live in. And it's what yeah. we evaluate. Um, the Brady stuff is just... It's why is my mouse not clicking? Ooh. I mean, in the end, okay, I think that it, this time it's it for Brady. I, I think we're we've seen the last of him. I don't think he's coming back as an NFL quarterback. Um, say whatever you want. He is one of, if not the greatest of all time at his position, plain and yeah. simple. Whether you have a one, oh, two, sure. or three, it doesn't matter. That's kind of where he is. Not the way to finish by losing to Dallas, basically getting walloped in the wild card round. Um, but the team just was not good enough to win the NFC, and it probably wasn't even close. That team is easily a shell of its former self for sure. The defense was not as great as it once was. The line, the run game, could talk about it for days. I think it'll be interesting to see what they do at the quarterback position because, like I said. Evans and Godwin are going to be two guys to look at, especially from a fantasy, a dynasty perspective, that if these guys have Kyle Trask throwing to them, it's not going to be pretty. I think that Kyle Trask probably gets an opportunity. Um, <laughs> hey, Conan, thank you for dropping in. Appreciate you, Conan. No, yes, um, Brady, I... Brady Goat. He's easy as that. Brady Goat. Done. Conan makes it simple. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, looking at this uh, Tampa Bay team, I, I'm just interested to see what they're going to do moving forward. I think Kyle Trask gets a shot at the quarterback spot. I think it would be dumb not to try and trot him out there a little bit. They can get cute in the later rounds, try and draft a guy they have faith in that they could possibly develop. But Kyle Trask wasn't god-awful in college. He wasn't anybody's first choice coming out, but Looking at who they have on roster, um, let's see. Where did they draft Kyle Trask at? It was like a sixth-round pick or something, or maybe fourth or fifth round? Second. Second Second-round pick on Kyle Trask. That is rich. 64. So it's Blaine in, – in, in the reality where it's Blaine Gabbard or Kyle Trask, I'm going to give Kyle Trask the ample share of opportunities because uh, newsflash, Blaine Gabbard's 33 years old and his his season stats last year were 29 yards and a touchdown. If I pull up his career numbers, it's not going to be much prettier. His career numbers, he's got 9,000 yards, 51 touchdowns, and 47 picks. 
I'd kick the tires on the young kid. Are you trashing AFC championship starting quarterback, Blaine Gabbert? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Blake Bortles. Never mind. Never mind. Blake Bortles is on the roster. Almost won the game, Blake Bortles. Got Allen Robinson paid, Blake Bortles. Through to Allen Hearns, Blake Bortles. I don't know why I get Blaine Gabbert and Blake Bortles mixed up. It makes zero sense to me. That is disrespectful. I'm going to pull up. Let me pull up Blake on the pro football <laughs> reference real quick. You must have forgot. You must have forgot. That's basketball reference. I don't need you. I forgot how many picks he threw. No, how good he was for like that little portion in time. For that for the, that season and maybe the season before. Blake he threw Bortles. for 17,000 yards. Blaine Gabbert's got 9,000. Blaine Gabbert's been playing for the last 10 years. Bortles got one, two, three, four, five seasons of starting. Five seasons. He hasn't played since 2019. He did not finish a season with less than 2,700 passing yards in his career. Dude threw for 4,428 yards, 35 touchdowns, and 18 picks in 2015. I'm not saying he was an MVP. But at the same time, it's better production that we've gotten out of Baker Mayfield, who went first overall five years ago. And now I'm really it's, surprised he's not a backup somewhere. It's better production than he, you could argue Kyler Murray's had to start his career. Granted, Kyler, Kyler's different. His legs add to his value. But 4,000 yards is nothing to shake a stick at. So, his first name is Robbie. Blake Bortles' name is Robbie. What? Robbie Blake Bortles. That's his full name. Yeah, famous people tend to have like that first name, middle name dichotomy <laughs> going on. But yeah, no. In in, in short, um, yeah, Tom Brady is the best quarterback to ever lace them up. Is he the most dominant? No. Is he the most talented? No. But in the hypotheticals that we speak about, when these players are only as good as their accomplishments within degrees. Nobody played longer. Nobody won more championships. And to this point, nobody's thrown for more yards or scored more touchdowns. Yeah. It's it's undeniable. 100,000 yards. I personally don't think Tom Brady was ever more talented than Peyton Manning, but Tom Brady did far more. And regardless of what an eye test would give you, numbers, numbers talk. The, the thing with Brady is he's like the combination of Gretzky because the numbers are just undeniable. And he's also right. like – it's, like it's like if you morphed the careers of Bill Russell and, and Wayne Gretzky. Uh, Bill obviously won a bit more than Tom did and had a better percentage of like championships compared to his seasons played. But doing what Brady did in the modern sense of professional sports is – it's tremendously impressive. And I don't think it's something we're probably ever going to see again because the day of the dynasty has been dead since Brady and them last did it. It seems like we haven't had a three peat since the Pats. We haven't even had a back-to-back champion since I don't know when the Pats, the Pats. So yeah, but the, the, the last person to do it was Brady. And the last person to do it before Brady did it last time was Thomas Edward Brady, if I'm correct. So yeah, he, he accomplished what few quarterbacks did, your Montanas. Um, you, you get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. 
it wasn't just Bill and it wasn't just Brady at the same point, but Peyton had good rosters. Breeze had great rosters. Phillip Rivers had great rosters. None of them amounted to Eli Manning. Lightning in a bottle had some pretty damn good defenses. Brady was the amalgamation of everything. He was talent, longevity, championships, stats, all of it. And whenever you put everything on the scale, it just outweighs. Yeah, it, there's really no true comparison to to Tom Brady in his own sport, let alone across other sports. But like you said, you have your greats of each of each side: Bill Russell, Wayne Gretzky, um, Barry Bonds. Um, and Barry and didn't Zabin, win. And, and yeah, Barry didn't win. Like so. it's you flip the script on a couple of the Super Bowls where Brady only has five. I still think he's the goat. Like if Seattle doesn't go his way in Atlanta, doesn't implode implode the way that it does. Like no matter which way you argue, if you're going to have the Brady discussion, you're going to argue against a wall because. Yeah. If we were having this conversation fresh off of Peyton's retirement before his second renaissance of what four championships, five champions, he had like three early in his career, and then he rattled off another four in the latter stage. So technically speaking, he got better with age. Like there's a decade by decade statistical comparison between his career, and he had more passing yards in his 40s than he had in his 20s, if I'm correct. Like, Age was just a number for Tom Brady. I hope he finds peace in retirement. I know he's going to Fox. I hope they don't boot Greg Olson off the uh, panel because that dude's genius. He's what Tony Romo wishes he still was currently on the broadcast. Greg did a great job. So Brady in 2024 will be interesting. But, yeah, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubts. Best I've ever seen. Or greatest I've ever seen. Okay. Sean Payton and a 2024 third-round pick goes to the Broncos, while a first-round pick this year and a second-round pick next year goes to the New Orleans Saints. At the glance, you want to say the Saints won because they basically got something for nothing. Sean Payton was never going to come back to coach for the New Orleans Saints. That was long gone. A coach who is 152 and 89 in the regular season, 9 and 8 in the postseason, with one Super Bowl appearance, with that win being over Peyton Manning's Colts, AP Coach of the Year in 2006. A decent resume, but I feel like the, like, yes, I would have liked to have him as a Dallas Cowboys head coach because anything is better than Mike McCarthy, but. The, are the Broncos in over their head again? Um, I feel like, if they I feel were like we've been a... hyping Sean Payton a lot for the, a resume that isn't that bad, but it's not like, oh my God, I got to get this guy. So I'm going to list you the uh, top five current head coaches and annual value of their salaries. And this is with the report that Sean Payton's going to be signing a five-year agreement with the Broncos for $18 million a season. That's what – so I'll pull up Sean Payton contract real quick just to give you the source. So Sean Salary Payton, cap also apply to coaches or is it just players? I think it's just 
uh, rosters and payroll that That's way. That's what I was thinking. According to NBC Sports, Peyton's contract will be five years in the neighborhood of $18 million per season. That instantly gives him one of the richest coaching contracts in NFL history. The current top oh. 10. The only coach that is set to make more money in a season than Sean Payton is Bill Belichick. He would be making more than Pete Carroll, Sean McVay, Mike Tomlin, Andy Reid, John Harbaugh, Josh McDaniels, Kyle Shanahan, Mike Vrabel. To put it into perspective, he's going to make $8 million more annually than Kyle Shanahan. Good Lord. As as cool as Sean Payton is and as good as he was through the portion of his career that he coached, um, the thing about Denver is they're owned by the Walmart people now, if I'm correct. That Walmart group ended up buying the Denver Broncos, like him and Peyton Manning, right? So they've got money, obviously, um, but this just feels like they've already lit a stack of $100 bills on fire, and <laughs> is it worth it to call 911 and get arrested for arson or just throw more money into the burn because it's already going and you're going to go down anyways. So they Well, luckily they for them, they anything they dip. get this season is better, it's better than, than what Nathaniel they had last season. <laughs> and, that's, and that's great, and that's fine, and that's dandy. Russell Wilson's not Drew Brees, never has been, never will be. Um, we had this conversation about Sean Payton. His record is reminiscent to that of Mike McCarthy, and you could take of that what you will. He has a Super Bowl, so does Mike McCarthy. As a playoff coach, I'm let me figure out his record. Uh, da, 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 da. Nine and eight. Huh? Nine and eight? Sean Payton? Yeah. Yeah, nine and eight in the postseason. You know what uh, Mike McCarthy's is? No, but I could tell you. Yeah. I I just had uh, Sean Payton's Wikipedia pulled up. Nice. Mike McCarthy in the postseason, eleven and ten. It's two so, more wins, two more losses. Outside of being this offensive guru that took a guy in Drew Brees to the NFL, said was damaged goods, which he wasn't. That was a guy that was producing in San Diego before he got hurt. And got shafted because Philip Rivers was a first round pick. Breeze got absolutely muffed over in San Diego. But to say that Sean Payton created a monster in Drew Breeze, I think Breeze helped Payton more than Payton helped Breeze because Breeze produced at the NFL level. And if yeah. it weren't for the Miami Dolphins and Nick say, if it were for the Miami Dolphins saying, hey, you have a 25% chance of like ever playing again and being concerned about his injury and vitals and stuff. Sean Payton probably never even gets the opportunity to coach in that Super Bowl. So, obviously, we're talking in the now and in reality. So, sure, Sean Payton's a good head coach. He's probably – he, he's an upgrade. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and act like this is uh, Jacksonville 2.0 because it just isn't. Jacksonville had nothing but upside. They had young players on cheap contracts, first overall picks and back-to-back drafts, and cap space to move. This is a team that is bringing in a coach that hasn't coached since. So he coached in 2021. Okay. So he's not even that far out from coaching. Um, yeah, he's basically I don't know. taking one year off. I don't know. It's it's really weird because theoretically he shouldn't have lost anything in that one year absence. Sean Payton's a good, he's a good football mind. He's not going to be better than Andy Reid. I just don't see no. that happening. No. The team's not going to be better than the Chiefs. 
they're going to have a tough time competing with the Chargers if Brandon Staley finally exercises his demons and Kellen Moore can implement an offense like we saw in his early years with Dallas. Um, okay, Brian Schottenheimer, a little too loud. No, but no, they, Mike McCarthy's calling plays. Everything will be fine. But that that that's the biggest thing. Like, yes, the Broncos now should be better than the uh, Las Vegas Raiders unless they add an Aaron Rodgers then that complicates things even more. This is a team that locked themselves into contention, and they had no choice but to give up whatever the Saints wanted. Well, the thing the thing is, too, and we talked about it all throughout the season, that if they scored like 18 points, they would have been like 10 games. If they scored 18 points every single game, they would have won like 10 or 11 games. And I know it's easy to say, what if, this and that. Um, but I feel like John Payton isn't throwing the ball. I understand that, but I feel like Sean Payton can put together an offense that produces 18 points. Like, I feel like they can at least do that. Like, they probably won't be in that similar situation, but they have a good defense. And, like, you and I have trashed Russell Wilson even before he was traded. You know, the home run balls, this and that. And it'll be interesting to see what this team comes out as. But I feel like Sean Payton can have him in the conversation at least. I feel like he could put together somewhat of a decent offense. And honestly, Nathaniel Hackett's dog shit time management probably cost him two or three games. I would at least hope Sean Payton is decent at time management. Well, you know, if this was two years ago, whenever, or this was even before the trade deadline this year, Denver, Denver's going to have to diversify for this to ever really truly work. Um, Because they've cut a good amount of the talent their defense did have. Um, Bradley Chubb not being there is a huge, uh, yeah. just, it's, it, 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 it's indefensible to a certain degree. I don't know who they're going to draft the picks they got in that deal, but moving off of him, whenever you committed so much money to Russell Wilson, you have to make win now moves and you're not going to find really anybody unless you're getting a top three pick at the edge position that I think has a good, better impact immediately than Bradley Chubb. Yeah. Um, Pat well, Sertain is... is they- Pat Sertain's a, uh, a he's a monster. He's the probably a top five corner right now, and that's good for them. But they're going to have to hit on defenders in a way that they haven't in terms of like this regime. Because and I know this regime's brand new because front office is completely shuffled with the new ownership. But they're they're banking on being Kansas City through the draft. Kansas City yeah. is in the Super Bowl because they moved their best offensive weapon, added through free agency, and revamped the defense after Tyron Matthew and uh, other pieces left. They drafted insanely well in the first round. And now Denver doesn't have a first-round pick. That's the problem. It's like they could have had number five, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you could say what if, whatever. They traded that pick. But at least they had, I believe it was 29 of the Niners. So at least you would have had a first-round pick. But now you practically picked Sean Payton with that pick. That just feels odd. Would you rather have – so this is the question that I'll pose. Would you rather have C.J. Stroud and all your draft picks and a, and a bunch more cap space or Russell Wilson, no Bradley Chubb, no first-round pick? This Like, every move they've made since they traded Russell Wilson has made literally no sense to me. And maybe I have a Chargers bias to it or I think the Broncos are a bunch of idiots. But for me, I genuinely feel – that they have done nothing to help themselves since trading for Russell Wilson. They traded for the guy and gave him 
a lucrative contract before he even touched a practice field. This is a guy who played in offenses that were predicated on power run schemes and play action. Sure, let Russ cook is a cute little quote, but I don't think Russ was ever as close to a top-tier passer. Like, I, I, I don't want to get disrespectful about Russell Wilson, but if you look at his career numbers, this isn't some br- – he. I just – I, I, I never got it. You're investing yeah. the future of your franchise, which they were set to play. Ex- they were set to play it pretty cool moving forward. This was a team that I thought could have had a shot to pry away Lamar Jackson. Because the thing about having a quarterback is you have to have a good one, and the best teams have younger ones. It's just how it works. They're cheaper. They're more effective in terms of like their windows, and they right. age well. And we're at the point, especially in AFC – where you have to have the guy at quarterback. Like, Trent Dilfer's Baltimore Ravens aren't winning Super Bowls anymore. Usually, the best quarterbacks are. Now, the Rams, you know, I'll say are kind of an exception to that rule. They had a good defense, and Matthew Stafford is a good quarterback, but he wasn't a young stud at the time he won the Super Bowl. But he played against Joe Burrow, who beat Patrick Mahomes, who beat Josh Allen who has to beat Lamar Jackson, like has to beat all this young talent in the AFC. The NFC is a really different story, but look who's on the other side, Jalen Hurts. And everyone questioned that pick when Philadelphia took it. Everybody questioned it. Even Philadelphia fans lost their shit. But now look, they built a team around a young quarterback and he's flourishing. Well, look at Denver. You have an older quarterback on a decent defense. And it's, I just, because Russell Wilson, you're, you're Denver. You're playing in a division with the reigning rookie of the year at that point, or like second year player. So Justin Herbert was rookie of the year, almost led the league in passing yards. He's broken every first three seasons, first two seasons, first season in the league record for yards and touchdowns since he started. Granted, Mahomes would have those records if he actually played his rookie year. We don't talk about that. Um, but you're, you're 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 trading into the division with arguably one of the top two or three young guys that are slinging it right now, and now a two-time MVP. And you're moving for a guy that's never received an MVP vote. What do you think you're going to unlock out of a 35-year-old that has been relatively coddled for a bulk of his winning seasons? Insanely good defenses, incredible offensive lines, and killer run games. And it would be one thing if Russ was putting up Drew Brees stats, throwing for 4,000, 5,000 yards. We're in year 10 or 12 right now. So it's 20, we're in year 11. So it's been 10 years. So 11 years going into year 12. This is a guy that has gone over 4,000 yards one, two, three, four times. He's perennially between 35 and around like 35 to 34, 3,400 yards a season. He's been over 10 picks, one, two, three, four, five times, and he's only ever topped 40 touchdowns once when he hit 40 in 2020. Beyond that, his season high is 35, which he's reached once, and he has two other seasons with 30-plus touchdowns, or three. So he has one, two, three, four, five seasons of 30-plus touchdowns in the season through the air. Well, he had great running games. Well, you know. Let Russ cook. There's a reason why Pete Carroll didn't let that happen. We saw it this season. Nathaniel Hackett was garbage, but unless 
Sean Payton has the secret stuff, and there's some syringes around the Denver Broncos locker room, I don't know how much more you're getting out of Russell Wilson. Yeah, I saw it, it, a broken quarterback. Yeah. He doesn't look to throw the ball. He makes his read, and he determines, I'm going to try and fit it in this window. There were numerous instances where Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, name a receiver, were visibly frustrated with the decisions he was making. Where the guy that we saw in Seattle that could extend plays, Mr. Unlimited, could run for a first down. He wasn't doing it. And Sean Payton's great. He can play call all he wants. Russell has to make the plays. And he looked broken. What, they literally lost an overtime game because he didn't look at K.J. Hamler, who was wide open? Wide open. Wide open. So... Third place looks good on anybody, especially in the AFC West. Um, Chargers <laughs> finish third le- next year, for all we know. But if they're making a wild card, they're they're not they're not competing for the division. There's no way they've stripped the defense too much. Justin Simmons is probably going to walk soon because I think he he was a franchise tag candidate last year. Um, I could look at their free agents. So you've got Kareem Jackson, Mike Boone, um, Eric Tomlinson. They don't have a whole lot of free agents to worry about. There's some of their running backs. And this is all assuming that Javante Williams comes back and plays well because Latavius Murray's not going to be leading a backfield in 2023, no. or he shouldn't be. And James, Javante Williams is dealing with the same thing that uh, kept uh, J.K. Dobbins out for a good chunk of this year. And he got hurt later than J.K. did. So I don't expect mm-hmm. Williams back at a full capacity until about week six, week seven. At the minimum, yeah, like week week twelve. Yeah, it, for especially for like fantasy purposes, it, I I feel like people should not fall in this trap of oh well because Sean Payton's there now everything's different. It's like well, kind of like yeah he's gonna be a better coach. You so can is Doug Peterson over Urban Meyer for uh, fantasy purposes. I would target Sutton and Judy at their discounts. I don't think they can be worse than they were this season with Sean Payton as the coach. We're talking about a guy that turned Michael Thomas into the best receiver on the planet. And Michael Thomas is incredibly talented, but in the same vein, Jerry Judy had a very high caliber coming out of college. Yeah. And and even then at at a discount, it's got to be late round for me because wide receivers are so deep. Jerry Judy was going in the seventh round this year, give or take. He's probably like the fourth or fifth in some drafts. If you can get Jerry Judy in the seventh or eighth round this year, I'm probably going to take a stab at him. He's going to be probably drafted within that like first flex spot, first bench spot for receiver. Yeah. And that's where I would look to try and get Javante, which isn't going to happen. Yeah. But it's, yeah, no, the value can be there. You just, if I, I wouldn't stake my team on any of the Broncos coming into this year, yeah. I will definitely f- have flyers out on them, especially if somebody drafts them early, drops them, and I can make a waiver claim. But Bruce in the pudding. Get, I, I, I don't mind trying to get Javante Williams in Dynasty for a discount if somebody's really low on him. But at, at like somebody trying to sell him at a decent price, it's you got to get him at a discount. If like you were young, go for it. If you weren't buying Javon, if you weren't buying J.K. Dobbins, the same principle should be for yeah. Javante Williams. If there's any running back on it coming off of a major injury that you're looking to try and get a discount on, it's going to be really hard because Brees Hall is electric. If I could get Brees Hall at a discount, that's the one guy I'm zeroing zeroing in on. I would take DeAndre Swift over Javante Williams currently going into the next year. And I know what you're saying, but I think Swift is probably cheaper than Javante, and I think he's healthier. 
He hasn't had a significantly major injury. And Williams is due for regression, but that's conversation for a different time. Okay. Let's just quickly get into the Super Bowl here. Um, Eagles, Chiefs. Let's just start off strong. Who do you think is going to win? In the Chiefs. Um, Philadelphia could easily win this game. Um, I don't know if they've been truly tested in the playoffs. I'm just going to come out and say. No, not even close. It's not close. And they they really haven't been tested in regular season either. Like, genuinely, this is my biggest fear with Philadelphia. Coming into the coming after they started, like what 10 and 0, give or take, they were on a roll, they weren't losing. Jalen goes down, they lose a couple games. Hertz hasn't faced true adversity outside of his injury this year, and I think that's going to spell a bit of trouble. Um, since Philadelphia, like it, since Philadelphia started out the season, I felt if they can't eat a couple of just tough losses that were close. They're not going to have to learn a lot about themselves. And KC, for lack of better terms, they've only lost the same amount of the games. Kansas City's been together far longer. Andy Reid has been coaching that team far longer. Their quarterback has been in the league longer than uh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts had a killer season. Mahomes had a better one. Um, Philadelphia's offense is really great. KC's is arguably better. Philadelphia's defense is talented, but I don't think we've seen a defense play to a higher level than KC, whatever they're on. Um, well, another thing, every time the Eagles so far this season have faced a decent quarterback outside of a couple instances, they let up a little bit. They faced Taylor Heineke week one. They faced Trevor Lawrence week two and gave up 21. Gave up 17 to the Cardinals, but the Cardinals were a complete dog shit. Cooper Rush in week four, the Steelers in week five, whoever was quarterbacking at that point is completely irrelevant. The Texans in week six, they lost to Taylor Heineke, who dropped 211 and an interception on him. Oh, that's right. They ran all over him. That was their issue there. So they lose to Taylor Heineke. Then they face Matt Ryan or Sam Ellinger. Doesn't matter. They give up 33 to Aaron Rodgers. They give up 10 to Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis. Uh, facing Daniel Jones twice. Facing Justin Fields. Facing Andy Dalton. And the one time they faced Dak Scott, he put up 40 on him. So let's just count off the amount of playoff teams that these teams faced. Just the, the, the number of games against playoff teams both teams faced this year. Kansas City played one, so two games against the Chargers. So we got two, two, two games against the playoff team. I know mm-hmm. they're in the, they're in the division, but it's two games against the playoff caliber opponent. They won both of those games, mind you. The only yeah. bad loss they had all season was against Indianapolis, and that was a full tilt that was a fully healthy indianapolis team with frank Reich. that was not jeff saturday forgetting how to coach because it wasn't sunday this is the colts fresh off of almost winning the division last year so two three four five six seven eight um nine so out of their entire regular season they played against nine playoff teams and beat it then they had seven wins. They were seven and two against playoff teams this year. And they lost to Buffalo, who was the close to number one overall seed. And they lost to Kansas City, who dog walked Buffalo in the divisional. The Eagles. So they beat Minnesota. That's one. Oh, sorry. They two, beat Minnesota. Three. 
So they have faced four playoff teams, the Vikings, the Jaguars, the Cowboys, and the Giants. And two of those teams are in their own division. And so they dropped games. games. But, yeah. And they went, what, two and two in those games against playoff opponents? No, their only loss was to Dallas. Okay, so they went three and one against playoff opponents. That matters. That genuinely matters. Well, yes. So they went three and one. Kansas City went seven and two. Competition matters, and playing better teams makes you better, especially whenever you lose mm-hmm. in close ones. If Kansas City doesn't lose to Buffalo, I I I don't know how they perform. I, the Buffalo one didn't have to face them; it worked out. But they lost the they lost to Cincinnati in the regular season, and that was partially the reason why I picked them to win over the Bengals, because you can only beat a good a great team so many times. The Chiefs were due, and it's weird to say that Patrick Mahomes is ever due because that dude is just a walking human highlight reel. But I'm genuinely concerned about Philadelphia because when were they truthfully tested? I can't tell you. They lost. It, 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 it would have had to been Dallas, but even then, that was Gardner They Minshew. weren't full strength, Gardner Minshew. And you could say, well, what about Washington? They got beat against Washington. There's, there was nothing to learn from that, from that game besides they just didn't show up. They got their ass kicked by a bad football team. So, I'm picking the Chiefs. That, that That's my pick. Will I be surprised if they lose? No. But everything that I know about football and everything I've seen over the last decade plus of Super Bowls is making me believe in the Chiefs. And, and, that, and that's the thing. And I don't mean to take anything away from the Eagles. They are the NFC representative. They were the number one seed, and they beat who was put in front of them. They did everything they were supposed to do to be in the spot they are now. Not going to take anything away from that. But when is the last time they were challenged? And it was probably against Dallas and Jalen Hurts team and play that game. When's the last time they had to make a stop? Kansas City for an entire half of football had Joe Burrow and the Bengals in a box. Like genuinely. Kansas City's defense that we've come to know is like they're kind of porous at times. They locked the hell up. 23-20, 27-20. Um, they beat the Vegas Raiders. They beat them by a oh, – yeah, they beat them uh, – let me see. It will be interesting to see how they handle Hurts when it comes to – Yeah, Hurts is going to be a big question. It's not so much going to be quarterback run design plays, but plays where he drops back and he just takes off because he doesn't have any reads. Because their secondary has been much better – Kansas City, that is. But are they going to be accounting for Jalen Hurts? Because, I mean, I guess they face Josh Allen, who is similar in that way of he is usually his team's leading rusher. But Philadelphia has much better contemporaries in the backfield to also rush. So, I mean, the two best teams in football are playing each other. And that's not particularly close. And Casey, if we're looking at the numbers, they won one so in, in one score games, their record came out to so one, one and one, two and one, two and two, th- and the pro- three and two. The rest of them are probably wins. Four and two, five, f- yeah, five and two. No. So f- five and three. So that's uh, six and three. 
seven and three and eight and three. Then you count the playoff games, nine and three, ten and three. Their wins and they're blowing out some of their opponents, anyways. Yeah, and I think a big thing to learn from a team is if they can win the close games. Because the Super Bowl, it's going to be a dogfight. The Super Bowl is going to be an absolute just – it's not going to be a blowout. It no. would take Jalen Hurts and that offense just for getting out of play football and Kansas City's just offense destroying their defense. This game is it's, – it's, it's engineered to be close. It's the best rushing attack against the best passing attack in all of football. Yeah. It's two completely different identities – Vying for what is the best team in football? Can Philadelphia, point blank, can Philadelphia's defense slow down Mahomes and can the rushing attack control the game enough for them to put up more points? Because they keep Mahomes up. Mahomes is getting two weeks off that ankle too. Mm -hmm. And Hurts, I don't don't know if I believe in him off the shoulder because he hasn't had to throw it. He hasn't had to throw it. You look at his stats in the NFC Championship game, they were – Pedestrian, pardon my uh, thing. He didn't have to do anything. So he he did throw a good ball to Devontae Smith on that fourth down on the first drive. But then, how many times did he miss AJ Brown? I think he overthrew him like two or three times in that game. Yeah. Yeah. When he, when he had, when AJ had his guy beat, like he had, if he hits AJ, he's gone, but he misses him two or three times. And shoulders just don't like, you could say the same thing about ankles, any injury, but shoulders specifically, in their practicing, never really truly go away. Shoulders are fucked up. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. Obviously, Andy Reid is the better coach in this situation. You could talk about, oh well, Andy Reid fired Nick Sirianni. Andy Reid this, Andy Reid that. It's just the two best teams of football are gonna play on Sunday. It's gonna be fun to watch. It's gonna be an outstanding game. We hope. But in the end, the Chiefs are just more battle-tested. They're more experienced. They've pretty much silenced everybody that they're the best team in the league with or without Tyreek Hill. Yeah. So what what else is is there to say? I think the Eagles are built to continue this warpath for years to come until guys are wanting to get paid more, like Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts. They already paid A.J. Brown, so they got that covered. Jalen is eligible for his extension. If they, I think the best thing for the Eagles is probably losing the Super Bowl this year, because Kansas City, fuck, pardon my French, but they they they, they uh, effed around and found out. Kansas City did. They were lucky Brady <laughs> ended up beating them in the Super Bowl because Mahomes with two Super Bowl MVPs, two Super Bowls, a league MVP, so many All Pros, his contract would have been worth more at that point. And yeah. Super Bowls tend to increase the dollar amount, and if you can ink. Hurts. I'm not saying they want to lose the game, but financially for the longevity of this unit, maybe not winning this year is more conducive to them being able to win two or three down the road. Because every you know, penny enough, saved is a penny earned. Funny enough, a journalist asked Nick Sirianni today if this is a must-win game. So let that sink in for you. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. It's a bold strategy. He he simply replied, "Yeah." Props to Nick Sirianni for keeping his cool under pure stupidity. <laughs> yeah, but, that's rough. But I think that's going to do it for us. A little short episode um, for us as the Super Bowl is six days away. We'll come at you next week with a Super Bowl preview, kind of an off-season preview of everything. And then after that, until draft time, it's about two months of fantasy. 
uh, dynasty content quarterback. We'll start with quarterback rankings. We'll go into running back, wide receiver, tight ends for an entire month. Um, if we have more stuff, we'll do little fancy one-on-one stuff. If you want to get into fancy football, or if you want to learn more about fancy football, starting a league drafting optimally, even though there is real, no optimal draft, just, you know, it gets really weird when you get into the fancy world, but we're here for you. Yeah. I'm not a registered diver, but, um, you know what? I'm going to get my uh, fantasy scuba gear and I'm ready to uh, dive deep this season. Yeah, no, I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Austin, if you got anything. Uh, today's fun fact is that since 1970, the Indianapolis Colts have won the AFC East more than the New York Jets. Devin? Um, my fun fact is that um, I sent it to you. It was actually a stat about Justin Herbert. So I will leave you with this. Let me just pull it up. I don't want to fudge this up on uh, live television. Um, oh, no. Here's a better fun fact. I'll, I'll do this one. Yeah. I'll, I'll, you texted me that one about Herbert. So oh. my fun fact is that the AFC West, in terms of division titles all time, the Broncos have 15, the Chargers have 15, the Chiefs have 15, and if you guessed it, the Raiders have 15. So think in fives, and hopefully the Chargers can break this uh, tie next year. But until then, congratulations to the AFC AFC West champions, everyone. (laughs) That means abolish the AFC West. Simple as that. Devin, if you will. Oh, yeah. You got it, man. (laughs) Pull over. Peace.